Hey, this is Pam Perry. So get out there, get known podcast. We're going to be talking with reporter, Emmy award-winning reporter, uh, among other awards as well, uh, Ken Lemon. So I'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey there. So breaking news, breaking news. We got Ken Lemon here. He is from WSOC uh, TV, and he has actually been Channel 9 Eyewitness News Team, uh, the Gaston Bureau reporter, photographer, in 1998. So he's been there for a while. He came to the Charlotte market from WETC TV in Wilmington, North Carolina, where he was a field reporter, bureau chief, and an associate producer. And then while he was at WECT TV, he won an Associated Press Award for General News in 1997. And he majored in communications and holds a Bachelor of Arts degree from UNC Wilmington, where he was a he was a student body president, and he is now, he's also a charter member of UNCW, Communications Studies Alumni Board, and is a North Carolina certified mediator. When Ken is not tracking down news, which we're going to be talking about what he does on a day-to-day, he must really, really love it. He's been doing it for a lot. He spends time with his family. He lives in Gastion, and he is an avid sports fan and enjoys acting. That's interesting. In his spare time, right? Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so you got a little acting bug in you too. So is that how you got into wanting to be in TV and all that kind of stuff? What was, yeah. what was the, how did you get started? <laughs> you know, that that's really it. You know, I, I went in, in high school, I went into career planning placement and they kind of merged my, my love for um, little politics and, and acting. And they said, well, this might be a good feel for you. And I took a sip and here we are 30 wow. years later. Yeah. Wow. Are you serious? So that was the whole thing. So you ne- did you ever want to like do big stage like New York or go to California, Hollywood? What was it? What was it like journalism being because, you know, I just talked with your colleague, right, Jackie, mm-hmm. uh, Dean Jackie. And she says, well, one of the things is I was just always nosy. <laughs> I was like, OK, <laughs> so just nosy when to ask a bunch of questions. But for you, mm-hmm. were you ever in print? Did you ever I- have that part? You know what? I, my career started in print. At age 13 years old, uh, I was introduced to media really through a magazine called Wind and Tide. And it was a magazine for teens and allowed us to do stories. I published one story there. And, you know, I, I, I like I like storytelling. I like talking mm-hmm. to people. I like producing that. Uh, print wasn't my ministry, as they say, but I enjoyed the, the, the process. And that kind of introduced me to it and then got kind of got me nibbling a little bit more. And it's really hard, you know, I don't want people to understand of getting into broadcast, breaking into broadcast news, because it's like one of those quote unquote glamour fields, right? Where mm-hmm. people just really want to be in it. So when you started out, if you don't mind sharing how much you were making when you first started out in TV news. Oh, really? Or, did, or, you, or you paid it mm-hmm. all. That's the this, thing. This is, 
this is the way I can best translate it because I can give you dollar figures, but some people now, we're talking like 30 years ago. So I had a dollar fifty for lunch. I would stack machines, I was able to get Coke. I remember I got those, the, you know, the the popcorn, the the uh cheddar flavored popcorn, and one other pack of nabs. If I broke my dollar fifty, one day out of a week, I broke my budget for the week. And oh so that's God. how little I was, I was, I was paid when I first started. And that was when I first started reporting. Before that, I, I took a job as an editor and then, you know, they allowed me to, to write some of the teases and what have you. And I was able to move an associate. And then I took my first job as a reporter. But yeah, pay was not, it wasn't glamorous. Right? Yeah. Pay wasn't glamorous. No, people think, people think that people in the media make a lot of money. And I want people to understand that they are there. One, they love it. They have ethics. They want to track down stories. They want to make a difference. Um, and then, so I want people to really from get out there, get known podcasts for people to understand that you're doing it and you have a, a love for it. You, you have a, a commitment to the community. So when people are pitching you junk, that's like all about like what I call like advertisement, like, like here, make me famous. How do you personally feel about that? Like, if it's like, you know, you spent your life doing this and all of a sudden you just like, here, promote my book or promote my stuff so I can sell yeah. more stuff. How do well, you feel about that? You know what? The market really kind of kind of itches us out. So before when I was in a smaller market, people would bring us stuff and then you might do something on it. But once we got to do a larger market, you, you we were really focused on making sure that we had the right content for our viewers and our viewers really kind of saw through that. They, 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 you know, were, were the folks who really kind of led the way in that. And we knew that the viewers wouldn't follow and it was a very competitive market. When I was in a smaller market with we the consummate number one, we could almost put up bars and tone and people would follow us. But when I get those things, I really just kind of, I'm kind of sniffing. Out. I said, Hey, tell me how it's going to affect Joe and Martha at home. Yes. If you do that and do that effectively then I'll take a second sniff at it and we'll talk yes. a little bit more about what it is you do. But I a lot of people that. don't know how to start there. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I love that. And that's what I really want um, you, Jackie, even like um, Gracie Lawson, she also went to high school with me and Pam Purifoy, who's the dean at Howard University School of Journalism or the School of Communication, is that take a look at how does it affect the viewer, mm -hmm. the reader, how, the audience, what impact does it have on the audience? Because when I started, my major was in journalism, but I also had a major in PR and advertising. So if it looks like it's PR and advertising, that's a whole nother area. But mm -hmm. if it's news, you your main thing is to make sure that it has value for the audience. So talk about some of the other awards that you won, because I saw one was um, that you won the uh, obviously the AP, but there was another one that you won. Edward oh, Murrow Award. Yes, yes. So yeah. tell me about that one. Tell me about it, that it, one because that is a big deal. It was <laughs> a big deal. My awards, with the exception of my AP, are, are show awards where I led those shows. I had stories that were at the top of those shows. So the Edward R. Murrow Award was one for a church fire that happened. Uh, and the ironic thing is that it happened right not long after 9 11. And wow. it was a huge fire and the block was cleared and, you know, everybody still had that feel. And it's just the ability to be able to capture with video and, you know, the, the, the emotion of that happening. Mm -hmm. I think the catch point was because it was right after 9-11 and it was a church right after 
um, the, they got control of it. They were able to grab a, 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 a flag and from you know uh, the flagpole at the church. And there was a moment where the fire chief pulls over that flag, almost like military, pulls it up, goes over to the pastor that I'm talking to and hands that flag to him. Wow. Um, in a, any other time, we may not look at that at all, but because that happened so close to 9-11, that mm -hmm. was just a couple of the touches that really made that thing stand out and really made that show you know, pop. And so, um, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that is it. And so there's been a, like a lot of stories that you cover. Do you find that when you're covering the stories that there are things that matter because you have found them or they were pitched or people sit around the planning desk or just kind of explain like how stories are uh, delivered or, or assigned to you? Just that whole process for people who aren't familiar with the TV. Sure. It really is it's all three in a big way. I cannot tell you that there's one pool that I will dip into more than anything else. It really kind of depends on the story and that story pitch. But, you know, I'm glad you talked about that pitch, because, you know, when you take when you come in with the story idea every morning, I walk in that meeting with the story idea. That story idea has to resonate with that crowd and it has to fit in the stories for the day. So. Um, it, it may be that we already have a story like that for the day. It may be that we already have a medical story. I got a great medical story. We already have one or two. We can't have the whole show about medical. We can't have the whole show about crime. We can't have. Mm -hmm. So it's it. It is not only where you get it from. It's how you fit. I can tell you now because of the age of social media, people have more access to us. So uh, in, in the past, people would call and they might leave a voicemail, but people feel a little bit more free about sending you a message through Twitter or sending you a message through Facebook and, to you and saying and asking if you can do that. So I'll, I'll check that in the morning as well as community related things. So there are about three or four community groups that I'm a member of and I'll get up every morning and I'll go to those community groups to see what people are already naturally organically chatting about to find mm -hmm. there's a story there. Do you like Twitter? What is your favorite platform? I, I find that a lot of the uh, TV reporter people like Twitter. A lot mm -hmm. of the um, the print people kind of like LinkedIn. So what mm -hmm. what what's your favorite? What's your take? I, you know what? The Twitter is the one I'm more comfortable with uh, because I, I don't know if it's the dynamic or it's because of me. But a lot of people I've noticed in Facebook, they don't chime in about the story. They come in almost every story with their own perceived idea of what the story is. They're, they bring their own views already. So it almost really doesn't matter what the story is. It could be the argument that I had with somebody on Facebook two days ago and about a story there. And I brought it over here. So I do. I, I, I like Twitter, uh, but that may be unique to me because I know some people who, who get some of the same stuff on Twitter that I see on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So NABJ. Uh, yeah. National Association of Black Journalists, yeah. uh, your role in that, how did you first come to be a member and then just really be involved? I mean, mm -hmm. I love NABJ being in Detroit. Um, I think Jackie Jones, she had said that the NABJ was in 82 when she first joined when the convention was in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And I think they're coming up on 40 years, I believe. Yeah, and, we're, yeah. we're coming close to our 50 years uh, in existence, NABJ. And let me tell you, your, your chapter president, your regional director at the time, and I was on the board when we we, we came to Detroit most recently. What was that? Uh, 2018? Mm -hmm. uh, Vicki Thomas. 
you guys did a phenomenal and Vince McGraw, phenomenal job. I mean, Vince McGraw, yes. I, I remember because I was regional director of Region 3 the following year was going to Miami. <laughs> and I said, Vince, you have to stop and I need to get you with the chapter president of Miami and you need to tell them what you did to make this thing work because you Detroit folks just jumped in and they yeah. took this from a from from a convention that folks were kind of whole hum and then in a matter of weeks made it the convention that everybody loved and wanted to see. So kudos to the folks out yeah. in Detroit. We had Danny Simpson there. It was a lot of different oh my Detroit. Goodness. People don't remember the Motown stuff that we just brought, right? That was like one of the things. I missed Miami. So, I heard it was like going down in Miami. It was like party time. Hold on. You have to correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm remembering this. Tyler Perry. Yes, Tyler Perry was there. Tyler mm -hmm. Perry was on the main stage. And when I sat down to listen, because everybody, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, I look up one row in front of me is Chance the Rapper. Yes. And Chance the Rapper came and he said, because, hey, I just, I want to learn about this. I'm here to learn at NABJ. I want to know about the media. I want to know what's going on. And so you had that that wonderful mix. And of course, we had, I believe that was the year that Jesse Jackson came to speak to us and Jamel Hill got Journalist of the Year. And yes, Jamel. Individual. Yeah. She did. She she did a program for me years ago um, called is a signature branding program where, where it's just an intimate group. And she was one of those folks that we brought in to sit down and talk to other journalists about the path she took. And I said, don't leave the bad stuff out. Tell them the tell them the bad stuff, too. So I don't want people to think that it was all glory. Uh, there's some guts in there. And she was phenomenal. So NABJ is just an outstanding organization. It is a great organization to be attached to. It is a great organization for resources. If you're doing PR out there, one of the best ties is to be a member of NABJ. Yes. I have an NABJ member who is in PR and they pitch me now two successful programs because number one, they're around journalists so they know me. Number two, they're around journalists so they know what's going to sell. And number three, they know how to set it up. So before mm -hmm. they ever make the phone call, this guy calls me up and he goes, um, I already have, this is the program that we're doing and this is how it's affecting people. And I got somebody in the Charlotte area that's been impacted by this program. And I thought, I, it's done. You want me, you, you're gonna write it for me too? <laughs> <laughs> Put a bow on it. Setup. Yeah, it was a beautiful setup. So I love that. Story, by the way, too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Neil Foote was another person that I interviewed as well. Yes. So Neil is, uh, you know, he's a journalist, but he also is a professor and he mm -hmm. does some PR and all this kind of stuff. So I, I like what I call the OG journalists. You guys are like the OG journalists, you know, like we're still here. We're still making it happen. And, and part of it is, is really being part of the NABJ. I think what you said is that conferences every year convention, but making sure that you're there and you're involved, you're not just like, oh, on paper. So what's your role um, that you are in, or, or pre, well, you said region yep. three. So I'm in region three and I used to be region three director. I am now VP of broadcast. For yes, there you go. That is it, uh, that VP of broadcast. broadcast. Yeah. And so one of the things I remember, I don't know if Roland Martin is still, a, was that a role that he had? He was VP of digital. Digital. Okay, I knew it was something. So he was deep. obviously yes. that makes sense because he's got a digital TV station, right? So that makes sense. So yeah. yeah. So he's everything is digital. Advocacy for us. As a matter of fact, he he texted earlier today. So we're part of an, an intimate group that works on advocacy for NABJ, still addressing issues, uh, stepping up with uh, you know working with Black News Channel. Uh, we just put something out on AP in which they you know referred to um, the the. the uh, the 18-year-old who killed some individuals yeah. in, in as a, as a black man. 
as a as a teen and then call and then refer to other folks as a man who's also an 18 year old and i thought was okay you know let's be careful with our terms so that we're not you know we're not coding with bias and that's a serious situation for us. so yeah i still do hear from roland from time to time and he doesn't mind chiming in that's good, sure. good. Yeah. yeah, I just retweeted that whole little piece about NABJ putting out the statement about media advocacy. And um, and that's really important because it's like you, NABJ is a watchdog. I mean, it's been around for 50 years. So I know they've seen a lot of things over the years, but in between 2022, 2020, up until now, I don't think anything has been as volatile for Black people as it has been since the 60s about really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's so so NABJ is still relevant. You all still are watchdogs. Um, you know, a lot of people come to NABJ because they're looking for jobs and that sort of thing. And like you were saying about the Black News Channel, I mean, it was 200 people that, you know, when they decided Black News mm-hmm. Channel is not going to be around anymore, they don't have jobs. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I mean, I remember when that happened, I just was like so many people moved you know, move their families to different places. And it's like, okay, so you're just playing musical chairs with people's lives. But it was a viable outlet, I thought. I thought it was very viable. So I just was really confused, like, why it left. Um, you know, uh, you know, there, there were just so many people that I knew that were there, like Sean, uh, Shannon Lanier. Mm-hmm. He was there. And, um, you know, just a lot of them, you know, that were there. So anyway, Kelly Bright was there. He had a channel. Um you know, had his own show. So it was like, okay, so what do we do? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, that's one of the things. So what is next for you? What is next for Ken Lemon? What are you uh, looking forward to, or just really, you know, mentoring more people? You were saying you were running a branding group for, for some well, people. I did, I did that. That was a program I did. I am chair of the Blackmail Media Project uh, for NABJ, and it, it has a, a couple of purposes, an internal purpose within media itself, that is networking, mentorship, uh, and professional development. Um, and outside of that, it is also reflecting the accurate contributions of black men to their community. Our day called our day to inspire black men. We ask chapters across the country to do something that reflects some of those goals in their own unique, unique way. That is coming up in just a few weeks on June the 11th. And then we're working now on a project. Every year we do a session at the convention. We're working on our on our session for the at the at the uh, national convention as well. Mm-hmm. And last year we really stretched out, and so we didn't just do those things. For the uh, one year since the death of George Floyd, we put together a special video. Our video included a poet who kind of summed up what that one year was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also included um, our our great. Founder Sam Ford, who lend his voice uh, to that day, uh, as well as Joe Davidson, founder Joe Davidson, who lend who lent also lent his um, his words as well. Because that was a big day. that was a big time for a lot of black journalists. A lot of black journalists were on the streets and, and working that one and right in the middle of a wave. Because you mm-hmm. had Floyd, you had Aubrey, uh, you had Brianna. All happened in in one year, and yes. everybody's home from COVID, and nobody could turn away from it. People were marching in the streets. I remember I, I saw that and I was like, Jesse Jackson got on a plane. Uh, he was there. I was like, it's COVID. I was like, but he was like, listen, I have been through a whole lot of stuff. He was going to be on the grounds. And that was like one of those things where it's like, oh my God, 
It's like he is so committed. And that's just, just the way you are. You're committed to because that Black Male Project is always around Father's Day. Isn't it around like Father's it's Day? Always, usually the second sun, second Saturday, usually yeah. the weekend before or two weekends before Father's Day. Father's Day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really, really big. That's it really, is. really big. And I'm just glad that, um, you know, people can see that you're still doing things like that, you know, in the game. It's, it's a passion. It's a calling. You know, I call it, it's, it's like a calling. Like Jackie was like, it's a calling. I mean, if you've been doing it more than like a decade, two decades, three decades, it's a calling. Like this is, this is what we do, but you keep evolving. So you mm -hmm. keep evolving. And so I just thank you so much, Ken Lemon, for just doing what you're doing. People can contact you through social media or also through the station that um, website, WSOCTV.com yeah. as well. But that's one of the main things that, that you keep doing. Is there anything else, like maybe give some um, words of advice to those that are aspiring to go into the field? Um, you know, things are changing, you know, people are quote unquote, I'm a citizen journalist, but you know, like become a real journalist uh, <laughs> and then work for a media outlet. Any advice that you could give them? Oh yeah. Uh, so if you're a young journalist, let me say this, there has in my lifetime, my professional lifetime, never been a better time to get into media right now. Uh, people are, are clamoring uh, for, for journalists to come in, in part because they're stretching out into digital platforms, which means they need to hire bigger workforce. But a big key to that is the great resignation, which hit us too. And so there are people who are left, not just left their jobs, but left the industry. And so um, there, there are people who are getting into jobs and positions uh, in areas that you wouldn't have seen even you know five years ago. And there are people who are willing to hire. I talked to one manager who told me, this is at a top 25 market, who told me, look, experience is good, but if you're coachable, we're going to hire you. And this is not for an on-camera job. This is for a behind-the-scenes job, but it's something you almost never heard of. They almost always wanted you to have, you know, three to five years experience yes. before you come top 25. You you need to be proficient at what it, whatever it is that you're stepping into. But now they're saying, if we can get you in and we can train you, you're, you're there. So the big and the other thing is, and you talked about Jackie Jones telling you, be nosy. Be willing to learn, grow, and develop. Don't ever step into a situation where you believe, I know everything there is to know about whatever it is I'm going to do. This business, this industry evolves, technology changes it. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, I'm producing news in a way I would have never dreamed when I first came into this. Walk into the room willing to pick up something new, learn something new, and grow. Because that's what we do every day. Every day we start out, we learn something new, and then present it to the world with the best knowledge that we can, do that with your career. Walk into your career going, this is just like the day. What's the story of the day? What is it that I need to learn? What is it that I need I, I need to educate myself and then progress beyond that and 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 develop that into, into a skill that's going to just be added to my toolbox and make me a better professional. I love it. I love it. Ken, thank you so much. Give me my, my applause over here. <laughs> We, yeah, thank we got, you. We've got the technology working now, don't we? It's like, okay, we, they don't know the backstory, right? But we we keep we keep it rolling. We keep it rolling. Well, Ken, thank you so much for joining. I hope to meet you soon at one of the conventions. I don't know if I'll be in Vegas, but for sure I will be at the next one after that. Well, whenever you come, we're gonna we're gonna get together. Yes, yes, very good, very good. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank get you. out there, get known podcasts again. 
our guest today was Ken Lemon. God bless you. We take care. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com. Exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PamPerryPR.com.